tonight and every opportunity that we can. Amen. We're trying to go live. Amen. And so we just want to bless the Lord. Amen. On tonight, we want to thank God tonight for being back. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I can't necessarily see all the words. I'm going to try to make sure I can see. Amen. God bless you. We thank God for being able to stream tonight in the Prophets Teaching Group. Amen. We want to thank God for Apostle Ken Cox. Amen. And Prophetess Cox for allowing us to share their platform with them. God bless you to all of you who are on our Facebook page. Um, and those of you who are listening and streaming live by Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Hallelujah. We want to thank God for you. And again, one more. We want to thank God for everybody that is watching us on the Oasis Television Network on Roku on tonight. Hallelujah. We want to bless the Lord for his goodness and his mercy. Hallelujah. And so we just thank God for everybody here on tonight. And we are worshiping the Lord tonight because he is so worthy to be praised. He is so worthy. Hallelujah. Great is your faithfulness. How many know that God is faithful? And we just want to thank him for his faithfulness, for his goodness, for his mercy. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Let's just worship. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, God, thank you, Jesus. He'll never let you down. Yes, Jesus. Yes, God, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. How many of y'all know that the Lord is faithful? He's faithful. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's pray. Let's get into the presence of the Lord tonight as we prepare to hear the word. Amen. Father, we just thank you tonight for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for everybody that is listening and watching on tonight. We just want to magnify your name. We want to thank you for all of your grace, all of your mercy, for just being faithful. You are faithful. And God, we want to thank you. You're not faithful to us because we've done something marvelous or because we are so great, but it's only because of your goodness. It's only because of your grace. It's only because you are God. And it is your attribute to be faithful. And so we thank you. Hallelujah, God, for your faithfulness on tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Well, we want to welcome y'all tonight. I pray that your hearts are encouraged, that you are strengthened. Hallelujah. Tonight with might in your inner man. Hallelujah. Amen. And even as the word is getting ready to go, my prayer for you is that this word would encourage you, that it would strengthen you, that it would touch your life, amen, and that it would bring transformation to you on tonight. We want to again thank God for everybody that is here with us and that is watching. And listen, just in case you did not know, amen, our network, our television network is live on the Roku channel, amen. So you can go to Roku and download our channel, amen. Just put in the search, amen, the Oasis Television Network. And guess what? You're going to be able to find us. We have our own channel. We want to preach the gospel to as many as we can reach. Hallelujah. Amen. And we are looking forward to even making channels available to others who have a desire to preach the gospel. Amen. And reach others. Amen. Amen. And so the Lord was dealing with my heart. Amen. Because I know we have all of these things going on with this pandemic um, and how, uh, you know, we have to 
make sure that we can get the word out and we thank God for social media but the issue with social media is that they control your algorithms okay and so we don't want them to be able to control this word going out amen we want to be able to have a place where the word of God is flowing on a regular basis amen and that they can't control it hallelujah amen and so we just thank God excuse me on tonight for just everything that he is doing and for giving us, amen, innovation, praise the Lord, and giving us, amen, a strategy to be able to reach souls for his glory. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we just praise God tonight, amen, for his goodness and his grace. We thank him, amen. And again, if you have the Roku Network, go and download our channel, the Oasis uh, 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 Television Network. We are on, amen, and this program is live tonight amen on the network tonight let's go to the word of god and it was on my heart just to share a little something because i know that a lot of the leaders are being challenged right now a lot of ministries are being challenged right now with how they can actually fulfill the assignment as the body of christ with so many things changing with the fact that you know things are changing with the way that we can meet uh right now and it won't always be this way. And it's a temporary situation. But you have to be able, amen, to make changes as necessary to be able to, uh, you know, move with, you know, how you say, roll with the punches, you know, and use innovation as much as possible so that you can continue your assignment and, 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 and complete what God has called you to do. And so tonight I want to really talk to you about redefining biblical ministry. And, you know, you can't redefine biblical ministry, but we need to redefine the way that we define biblical ministry. And I thank God that even in this time, one of the things that we are able to do is to evaluate what we have been doing. You know what I'm saying? To be able to look Look at what we have been doing and to, and, to a, and to really put a plumb line to it and to see if it is actually what God has ordained for us to do. You know, and a lot of people are having a fit, oh, because we, we need to meet, the church is supposed to meet, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? But you have to understand this is not the first time that the church has been faced with difficulty. And, and let me add this, that we are not at this time facing persecution about gathering. Did I say that? Can I say it again? We are not at this time facing persecution concerning gathering. Some people would like to make this a persecutory issue, but it is not. This is a health issue. Amen. And if you go back and you study history, and I've been doing some reading on today, amen, and looking back at how they handle, how the church, not just the secular world, but specifically how the church handled the Spanish flu pandemic of 1918. And I'm going to tell you something. This is the same thing over all over again. And if I could show you some of the photos, and I think I might do that later on, is show some photos um, of what things look like. They had to wear face masks just like we do today. Like we're being told today, they had they were told that they needed to stay inside the house just like we are told today. And because people did not obey that order, let me let me let you hear this. Because people did not obey that order, millions of people, not thousands of people. Millions of people lost their lives. And so it behooves us to use wisdom and to study history and to make sure that we understand what, you know, is, is what, what it is that we need to do today in order for us to be able to be effective. Amen. And so that prompted me to want to be able to look at how we need to redefine what we're doing at this time at, that we call ministry. All right. So I want to go to the scripture. Let's go to the book of Acts. We want to read Acts chapter two. And I'm in no wise 
saying that, oh, well, you shouldn't meet at all. Oh, well, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. That's not what I'm saying. I want you to hear me out and I want you to pay attention to the scripture. Let's look at what the Bible declares is the church because our modern American church has made, when I say I use the word church, I'm using that term loosely because we know that we are the body of Christ. But when we understand that, uh, uh, what we have defined as church to us as an American people, we have tried to define church as being something that, you know, we meet in a building. We meet on a specific day. We, we you know, this is the place where we built up and have, you know, first church of the apostolic faith or whatever, whatever. And so I want to challenge that thinking on tonight. I want to challenge that and I want to give you Bible. I don't want to just challenge it with my opinion. I want to challenge it with the word of God. In everything that we do, we want to look to the word and see what God's word is saying to us. Amen. Because that is what matters. We need to see what God's word is saying to us. Amen. All right. So let's look at Acts chapter two. We're going to look at verses 41 through 47. Okay. Listen to the scripture. All right. Acts chapter two, verses 41 through 47. Okay. And the scripture reads, then they, they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3000 souls. And they continued daily. They continued steadfastly, excuse me, in the apostles doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved all right now let's talk about what the scripture is is talking about here okay let's break this down number 1 we understand that the church in Jerusalem had 3,000 members. And what I want to talk about tonight is what they did not do. I want to talk about what they did not do because a lot of times we'll read from the King James Version and we'll take it at face value and say, well, this is what it said without really studying the fact of what is really being said. We're not looking at text. We're not looking at context. We're not looking at pretext. We're not looking at post-text. We have a problem with that. We need to learn how to do that. Okay, and then we also don't look at the translated or transliterated words or phrases. And so we take things at face value and we run with it and say, see, this is what they did. This is what we need to do. And so I want to challenge your theology a little bit today, but I want you to be able to look and live outside the box. Because here in America, we think that church constitutes a building. We think that church constitutes uh, uh, you know, um, 20, 30, 50, a hundred of us or more in one place, but that's not what church is. We have forgotten the fact that we are the church. And let's just say, understand that the scripture tells us they were first called the church at Antioch. Okay. They were first called the church at Antioch. So before that we were just called disciples. We were just called Jesus disciples. So I need to challenge your theology because if I if you get this right 
and you face this challenge, you're going to be able to fulfill your assignment that God has given to you. And we're in a pivotal time where people need to hear the gospel. People need to hear the truth. They don't have time for your church mentality. They need to know, amen, that there is a savior who is able to reach them even in their houses, even as they are dealing with uh, burying their dead and, and dealing with the losses that they are suffering. Amen. And if you don't come outside the four walls, thank God that we're locked out. Hallelujah. Some of us, amen, that we're locked out. Amen. So that we can redefine or go back and study what the scripture says so that we can follow what God has ordained for us. And I love how God throws a monkey wrench in all of our stuff. And I let me tell you something. It doesn't matter to me how we got here. The only thing that matters is we are here. Now, what are you going to do about it? It doesn't matter if this was done in a lab. It doesn't matter if this is the judgment of God. It doesn't matter if this is something that is some kind of government conspiracy. Who cares? What matters is, you can deal with those arguments later. What matters is, we are here. What are you going to do about reaching souls? Or are you going to be so stuck in the fact that you got to meet in the church building that you're going to miss your assignment? You're going to miss what God has ordained for you. And, and, and every person, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, how we are in a season that we have to know how to prophetically pivot and shift. And if you don't know how to pivot, if you don't know how to shift with the changing times, you're not going to be effective in fulfilling your assignment. And God knows we need to be effective. You need to be in your prayer closet. You need to be seeking God. You need to be crying out to God and you need to ask him for a strategy. How can I be effective in what I am doing and what you have called me to do? And I know that this is going to make some pastors mad because some of the pastors are still saying you got to be in the church. And they're thinking that this is a challenge to us uh, uh, as a body and we're not being challenged. You know what your challenge is? To be able to fulfill your assignment. Whether or not you're in four walls or not, because those four walls do not do not define the call of God on your life. Listen to me. Listen to me. They continued in the apostles doctrine. This is what you have to be able to understand. Can you continue in the apostles doctrine stuck in your house? Come on here, somebody. Can you continue in the apostles' doctrine and the faith that was once delivered to the saints when you don't have somebody in your face all day, every day? When you don't have somebody standing at a pulpit telling you what you should do? Are you able to be able to fulfill your assignment whether or not you're in a building or not? And hear me, people of God. This is the hour for you to bring your family together and pray. Here's the church. You're the church. Bring your family together and pray. Bring your loved ones into one room and pray. All right, so let's talk about what the church did not do, okay? These 3,000 people did not go get incorporated and found the church of the upper room. Nowhere in scripture do we find that. We understand that today we have laws that govern us, you know what I'm saying? But if you study closely, there is a way, amen, and we'll talk about that in another in another gathering, in another teaching. There's a way that you can do what God has called you to do and not have the government in your pocket or in your or in your business. 
Come on here, somebody. We're so busy trying to get 501c3s because we want that grant money. But you don't understand that that's going to control how and when and whether you can preach the truth. Woo. Come on here, people. And I know that that's going to cook somebody's little red goose. But guess what? I don't care. We need to preach the truth here. And it's and it's and it's and it's so urgent for us. We're at the place now where you don't have no choice but to redefine what you've been doing. You're gonna have to look at your Bible and, and figure out, okay, God, what do we do? Because we can't we're because of the circumstances, we're not supposed to gather right now. And as as I said to you earlier, the church faced the same dilemma in 1918. And I was sharing with my husband earlier about how I was looking at some of the things that were happening during, you know, in society during 1918, during this pandemic. And one of the things that I saw that took place when the churches realized that they couldn't meet because of, you know, health reasons, and they wanted to make sure that the people stayed safe, and they were concerned. They love God. And let me tell you something. Even then, some of the pastors were saying, we should obey God and not obey man. The, the same thing. Ecclesiastes is true. The thing that has been shall be again. The same arguments that the churches are using today and saying today, some of the pastors were saying the same thing in 1918. I was reading the articles and like I was just flabbergasted at how there's nothing new under the sun. And so here are these pastors, they were still trying to force the people to gather, put themselves in jeopardy and say, okay, we believe God. Yes, you believe God. But I need you to understand something. This is not persecution. You got to pivot right here. You got to figure out what did God call me to do outside of my four walls? Because the word of God is not bound. Can I say that again? The word of God is not bound. And I might lose some friends over this. And some people might get mad at me about it. But guess what? I ain't sorry. Because I'm going to book it for you. I'm going to show you scripture. What we are supposed to do. And this is what our call is. Is to go back to the word of God. And see what God commands us to do. Get mad. Cut me off. Don't listen. I'm not changing it. Because the word of God is the word of God. And so the same things that was going on back then. In 1918 is the same things. That the churches. Let me get my chair because I'm sliding. Okay. That the churches are doing today as well. So some of the churches got innovative about it. And they said, okay, we can't meet. How can we represent the gospel and preach Jesus and show the glory of God in the earth and still obey the law? How can we do it? Well, and I'm going to tell you something. What I read was something simple and it astonished me. Because with all the hell going on, I haven't seen one church do this. Churches with these big old, me these mega churches with these big buildings. You know what they did in 1918 when the churches couldn't meet? The churches gave, they opened their doors and used their sanctuaries as places for treatment. And the saints of God used this opportunity to minister to those who were dying. To minister the gospel to those, come on here somebody, who, amen, they served the people who were ill, who were sick. They served the people who were serving the sick. Where are the churches that are opening their doors? Now, if we, we have service in a hotel. If I had my own building, listen to me, it would be wide open. 
wide open. And with all that's going on, we saw our governments and some of the other governors, they went and had to open up, you know, conference centers and different places. But I did not hear about one assembly opening their doors. And maybe there are some, but I did not hear about one assembly, not here in Florida. No, we so busy fighting trying to say this is persecution and trying to, uh, my rights, my rights. Uh-uh. What about the call of God? This is where you got to pivot. And this is how we see that it's more about our buildings than it is about our ministry. Your ministry is not your building. Your ministry is reaching souls. Your ministry is preaching gospel to the lost. Your ministry is being able to get into your closet and ask God, how can we reach the people, God, how can we be able, hallelujah, to touch the lives of other people? Amen. How can we do this? I don't even know what I'm doing right here. I got like 5,000 things going on. And so we got to learn from this point. We have to learn how to pivot from where we are. We got to learn how to pivot from where we are. All right. So the church didn't, they didn't open up the first church or the upper room. Okay. They didn't build a building. What? They didn't build a building. Come on here, somebody. They didn't elect Peter as their pastor. Come on. And they didn't set up some kind of ceremony to try to run the church. Let me tell you what they did do. Do you know what they did? They followed the example that Jesus gave. Say it again. They followed the example that Jesus gave. Okay? They took on his mission as their purpose. Have we done that? Have we stopped all of the noise around us and asked God, what do you want me to do? Lord, we see all this stuff happening. What do you want me to do? How can I reach those? I'm telling you, that's my prayer daily. Lord, what do you want us to do? How can we reach souls? How can we get out here when we're supposed to be mindful of, 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 of the laws, amen, and not jeopardize anybody else's health? How many people have to die before you get it and you understand what your calling is? Pastors, it is selfish of you, selfish for you to demand that people show up and risk their health when you know that they could get sick or somebody in your congregation could be sick and is carrying this virus. Shame on you. Why your Holy Ghost not dealing with you about that? Holy Spirit deal with us about everything else. Why is not Holy Spirit dealing with you about that? Why haven't you got a word from God about that? Yes, we cover by the blood. But even Jesus in the wilderness, when the enemy tried to tempt him, he said, we will not put the Lord, we will not tempt the Lord our God. We're not going to put God to the test. Let me see if this blood covering works. Let me get out here. Come over here and call for me. Uh-uh redefine how you can do what God has called you to do. Look into the scripture. What else did they do? They followed the apostles' ideas and their ways of working. They continued steadfastly in the doctrine. What do you want us to do, God? How do you want us to do it? Let me tell you something. Right now is not the time for us. We, we haven't been facing persecution right now, and we thank God that he's been merciful to us. 
But listen to me, you got to be ready to handle that when it does come. And until such time, what you need to be paying attention to is the other things that are going on that you need to prepare your people for. Okay, get them in the place of preaching the gospel, but teach them to be prudent. The Bible says the prudent man sees the terror approaching or he sees the storm approaching and he prepares himself. Have you told them to prepare themselves for the buckling of this economy? Or are you too busy worried about your tithe and your offering? I'm just concerned. I'm just concerned. I'm concerned that we're more concerned about what does not matter. We're more concerned about dollars and cents than we are about deliverance and souls. We're not paying attention to what matters. What else did they do? They were led by Holy Spirit. They broke bread together. They talked with each other as brothers and sisters in the Lord. Have you been in touch? Have you been in touch? Have you heard from your leaders? Are they trying to make sure? And I'm saying this because the Lord deals with my heart about this stuff. You got to check on God's people. They cannot just be a number. You need to get on the phone if you have to. You, If you got to get in your car and go drive by, sit outside, beep the horn, yell out the window, hey, dog, I'm just coming to see if you're still barking. Your job is to minister. Let me read a verse of scripture to you. Let me read to you something in Mark here. I read this earlier, amen, hallelujah, as I was studying the word on today. Let me read to you Mark chapter 10. Let's let's look at this, Mark chapter 10. And I'm almost done here. It's, it's, we're 30 minutes into the message. I want you to get this. Mark chapter 9. All right, verse 42. Verse 42 says, but Jesus called them to him and saith unto them, you know that which... You know they that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them and their great ones exercise authority upon them. We're going to deal with that in a little bit. But so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. Oh, my God. And whosoever of you will be chiefest shall be servant of all. Let's look at verse 45. For even the son of man came not to be ministered to pastors, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. This is, this is my little caveat right here in the message to all the pastors, all the prophets, all the apostles, all the evangelists and the teachers, to everybody who holds an office to all the bishops, to, to all of the overseers, to all of everybody. Your, your call is not to minister to. Your call is to minister and give your life for the sheep. Your call, amen, everything about you, what God has ordained for you to do, hallelujah, is to minister, not be ministered to. And God has flipped us over on our heads. Hallelujah. And now you, because you don't have a servant's heart, you don't know how to respond because you don't know how to serve God's people. And because you want to be served, because you want everybody carrying your Bible, you want everybody checking on you. You can't check on nobody. You want everybody, listen to me. God has turned us over on our heads because we have lost what we were supposed to do. We need to get back to biblical ministry. Biblical ministry. Come on here. 
ministry, ministry. You, we have taken the term minister and made it a title. And what you have to understand, minister is not a title. It's an action word. Come on here, church. And I know sometimes we say we give messages and sometimes we're reaching out to the lost. Amen. But tonight, this is for the church. I want to give you a definition of that Greek word minister. Let me give that to you real quick. Let me give you a, a good definition of that Greek word minister. And I'm going to tell you something. I am unapologetic in this message tonight. I love God's people. I love every one of you. This is not me being mean or nasty or even self-righteous. I say this with the utmost humility. Get back to biblical ministry. Forget about your building. If your building crumbles, so what? Nothing can stop the word of God. The word of God is not bound. And if the people of God love God, they will meet you under a green tree. They will meet you, you know what I'm saying, uh, in the park. They will meet you under a bridge. They will meet you wherever. Because the church was in the wilderness before it was ever in a building. And you can't ever forget that. Okay? The church was in the wilderness. Moving from place to place before it was ever anywhere in a building. Hallelujah. So let's look at this Greek word for the word minister. Amen. It is the Greek. Amen. Hallelujah. Number 1249 in Strong's Concordance. All right. And it is, let me pull this up because these words is written mighty tiny. Okay. It is diakonos. Okay. It is to run on errands. Wait. You're not ready. Hold on, apostle. You mean to tell me the apostle is called to run errands? <laughs> oh, oh, you are errand boy. You mean to tell me the prophet is really just an errand boy? Yup. You on an errand from God. You want a title, but you don't want to run nowhere. You just want to run a revival and collect an offering, but you're not trying to do nothing for God's people. Oops, I said it. I ain't sorry. I'm not sorry. It's attendance as a servant. It's an aide, an official, a teacher. Tech, tech, technically, the diaconate, the minister, the office, a relief service. Your job is to bring relief. It's to bring relief. Jesus said, I'm here on an errand from my father. That's all. I'm here. I'm God's errand boy. I'm not here for nothing else. I'm not here to make a name for myself. I'm not here for nobody to pat me on my back. I'm not here for nobody to carry my Bible. I'm not here for none of that. I'm here on God's errand to do his bidding, to do what he called me to do. Are you ready for that? This is biblical ministry. And so when all of this, when your building gets shut down and you don't have an understanding that this is what you called to do, guess what? When you don't have nobody to come and shout with you, when you don't have an organ to, when you don't have that, you don't know how to define what you do. If you don't have a mic in your hand, if you don't have nobody, you know what I'm saying, shouting you in the background, if you don't have an amen corner. If you don't have, you know what I'm saying, somebody taking up an offering for you, you don't understand what ministry is. That's why God busting all of this foolishness up. Because you're nothing without your mic. Oh, you're nothing without a podium. You're nothing, hallelujah, without your flyer. Ah, Jesus, get back to biblical ministry. Get back. To what God said, he done busted it up. Stop trying to make something work that he said, I'm putting it on hold because I need you to get back to what I called you to. Get back 
to following the apostles' doctrine. Get back to preaching to the people and ministering to their needs and making sure that the people of God are growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. Hallelujah. Make sure, listen, they when, in 1918, they were going house to house. Those who were well, they found a way to come together in prayer. Now we got all this technology and you scared to use it because it's not a building. Let me tell you something. You can reach more people with technology than you can just inside your little building. Get out your little box. Take Jesus out your box and get back to true ministry. Stop trying to define God by four walls and a carpet and a podium. You want a podium? Get out there and go stand on the corner. Who going to stop you? Walk down the street and holler Jesus. Come on here, somebody. This is what we got to do. Get back to what God said. And because this is not many of our foundations, <laughs> I'm so grateful. These times make me so grateful for where God birthed me from. Hallelujah. I thank God that I, I, I was a part of a good old house church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I thank God that I learned how to pray in a house meeting. Glory to God. I thank God, hallelujah, that we learned how to sit in sackcloth and ashes. I thank God that we learned that when God is moving in the earth, get on your face and repent. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I thank God. It ain't nobody but Jesus. And, and we're looking for people to change. And the reason why they can't change because this is not in your foundation. Can't nobody lay another foundation. So you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to bust up what you got and relay it. Uh-huh. It's not too late. It's not too late. Tell your church, we're going to bust this up. We're not doing like everybody else is doing. We don't care what everybody else is doing. We're going to bust this up. And we're going to start from square one. Because we want this to be the church of Jesus Christ. Not a building, but the body. The bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. We want to be who God called us to be. We want to walk where God called us to walk. We want to fulfill our assignment in the earth the way God ordained. And not following what just somebody else is saying. Tear up the old foundation. Lay a new foundation. And let Jesus be the chief cornerstone. That's what he wants. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's what God desires. Let's get back to being led by the spirit of God. The Bible says as many as are led by the spirit, they are the sons of God. Can I tell you, can I tell you that we've had some of the most anointed prayers. Hallelujah. Since all of this stuff happened, we did a, a solemn assembly over Zoom. How in the world did we do that? We prayed. The people of God prayed because we're not defined by four walls. Wherever we are, we are the church. If we go to the moon, baby, you are the church. If you go to the park, you are the church. Hallelujah. They prayed together in their homes. And this led to witnessing daily. I tell you what. I tell you what. Even if I if I never say nothing. I bet you these people hear this word in here every day. And they hear prayer going forth. You're going to hear about Jesus in your little corner. Hallelujah. And this got people saved every day. They had results. They carried on God's mission every single day. I just want to challenge you, Pastor, Prophet, Evangelist, Apostle. Stop looking, amen, for people to, to prop you up. And why don't you be God's errand boy? 
Go be God's errand boy. Go do what God say do. Go follow him into all the world and preach the gospel. Wherever you are, if you're in the Walmart, if you're in the pharmacy, if you're in the, in the gas station, these people need Jesus. And can I tell you something? And I felt this thing so strong in my spirit. This is not over yet. I know the numbers are, are starting to look a little bit better. We praise God. We thank him for his goodness and his grace. But this is not over. You know why it's not over? Because we still haven't turned. Our country, in the midst of a pandemic, refused. They refused a lot of services. But you know what they haven't refused? They have not refused to shut down the abortion clinics. So I can't go to the doctor. I got to do telehealth if I want to see the doctor. But if I want to snatch a baby out of my womb, I can go to the clinic. The blood of Jesus. We didn't get it yet. So this is not over. This is not over. And when we get it, we're going to see revival. We're going to see revival. And I'm telling you, people of God, you got to prepare yourself for the God that's coming. And don't look for it to happen inside of a building. Get on your face at home. Cry out to God at home. Seek him for his goodness and his grace. Listen to me. Yo, if you have not been hit by this thing that's going on, you better thank him that the blood, hallelujah, has been covering you and been keeping you. It's only because of his grace. It's not because we're wonderful. It's not because we did everything right. It's not because we're righteous. It's because of his mercy that we are not consumed. Only because of his mercy. Hallelujah. So it's time for us to forget about our titles, forget about your building, and get down to function function. What are you? What are we calling you? People want positions and titles, but we can't, we can't even find you when it's time for church. We can't find you. What we look like putting you in position. You don't even show up for prayer. What position you going to get? If you listen, if you can't, you can't get a hold of God in the bad times. This is, this is where you test it. If you can't get a hold of God right now, we already know that when blessing comes to your life, you're going to walk away from God. So what we want to do is we want to build the people up so that they can function in their position, roll in their roles, walk where God called them to walk, be what he called them to be, not just entitled, but function, function. What are you doing with your anointed self? What are you doing? Are you doing anything with your anointed self? Are you following God? Are you are you talking to anybody about Jesus? Amen. And so we are meant to work together as God directs us. God is connecting people to be able to work together and strengthen one another so that we can do the will of God. But even as we were reading in the scripture, amen, this is not about anybody lording over anybody. And, and we need to get to that. We need to allow the spirit of the prophetic to release God's people into what he has called them to do so that we can release the apostolic. The spirit of the prophetic ministry releases the apostolic. It causes us to be able to walk where God called us to walk. I don't have to be in the same building with you in order to release the word of the Lord. Don't you know God is speaking to you right now? Right now, right now, right now. Hallelujah. This is not about glamour. This is not about being famous. This is not about being loud. This is not about being big. This is not about having your name in lights. 
It's not about having authority over other people. This is about us working together to do the will of God so that you fulfill your purpose. I'm not letting anybody get next to me that don't want to do what God wants them to do because I got to push you because I got to do what God called me to do. Boo, if you get near me, you got to do what God called you to do and I'm going to push you through your tears, through your frustration, through your aggravation, through what you understand and what you don't understand. There is a work that God has called you to do. And your test, your trial does not change whether or not God called you to do a work. Come on here. A building does not dictate the anointing of God on your life. If I never stand behind another pulpit, I don't care. Because there's enough street out here. It's enough street. And we are learning to reach people everywhere with every medium. Every medium that we can put our hands on. Hallelujah. It's time for us to do the will of God. Don't let this religious system tell you what you are as the church. You, The church is service to others. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the extended hand of Jesus Christ in the earth. The church, hallelujah, is meeting the needs of other of others. The church is ministry. The church, what is ministry? The church is being God's errand boy or God's errand woman. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have taken what the scripture have said in Hebrews 13 and 17 that says obey those that have rule over you to mean that I'm going to control everything you do. Listen to me. I don't want to control nobody. I got enough trying to control Fran. Fran, gotta, she got to deal with her own self. If you don't want to do what God told you to do, go about your business. Okay, I don't have time for none of that. I want to be around people who got the same mind, who want to do the work of God. And if we can work together to do the work of God, let's do that. But I don't got time to be lording over nobody. And neither do you, pastor. You don't have time for that. There's too much work that has to be done for you to have to be lording over people. It's too much work. Jesus said it here in Mark. Chapter 10, he said, you know that you know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. Listen to me. If we get this thing right, you can walk into a church and not really know who the pastor is. Y'all ain't ready for that. You ain't ready for that because that's real ministry. You're not ready for that. And what I'm finding out is people who say that they're ready for ministry are not ready because when you put the weight on them, like the Bible says, they run. They run from it because we have this ideology about what ministry is and it's not biblical in its definition. So we think it's about one man, one woman, one person doing everything. And it's not. It's about us working together, the gifts, every joint supplying. And you got to be able to get yourself to that place where every joint supplies. What God is putting you, you allow it, amen, to, to work together with somebody else so that they too can be strengthened, so that they too can be encouraged, so that they too can fulfill their assignment. Oh, we not ready. Because we love, like, like Jesus talked about the Jews. 
how they love all their flatteries. They love putting on their prayer shawls and people watching them pray in public. They love looking pious and deep and otherwise confused, but not really serving nobody. The end has come to all of that. The end, the end. Can somebody just write that in here? The end. The story is over. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We got to understand, amen, that God's word is consistent and we need to follow his instruction. I had some stuff I wanted to go over. Let's look at what Jesus is talking about here. Okay. When you look in the scripture, all right, Luke 22 says the same thing. So let's go to Luke chapter 22. Let's look at Luke. And this is my last verse and we're going to get ready to close. So I got 10 minutes, <laughs> 10 minutes. Luke chapter 22. All right, and we're going to look at verses 25 and 26. It's the same thing that we read in Mark chapter 10, okay? All right, Luke 22, 25 and 26. It says, and he said unto them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger. And he that is chief, as he that doth serve. For whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat or he that serveth. Is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serveth. Jesus showed him, listen, are we ready for that? Apostle, are you ready for that? Bishop, are you ready for that? evangelist, prophet, are you ready for that? And here's the thing, you could call yourself, yourself a servant all day long, but when everybody is serving you and you're serving nobody, the truth tells on you. Jesus said, who's the greatest? He that sitteth at meat or he that serveth? Isn't it him that is sitting at the table being served? Isn't he the greatest? He said, but look, I'm serving you. What kind of examples do we have of people serving God's people, leaders serving God's people. We don't have that too much. Let me break this word down. This word, them that have rule over you is one is one phrase. It's one Greek phrase. And it's the word hegioma. Okay, hegioma. And I'm probably not saying that right. Hegiomahi, or however you say it. Okay, so this word means leadership. Somebody who is leading others. It means to lead, to go before, or to be the leader, not yoke them up. Not try to control folks. Not try to tell them, if you don't do this, you go in hell. People lead churches, you know, or church fellowships, and tell and people tell them they're not going to be blessed, that God is not with them. God is going to curse them. That's a lie from the pit, and it smells like smoke. You can go to, you can go to any church on any corner. Go fellowship in any assembly and God is not going to kill you because you're not a part of one specific assembly. Take your gifts, glad bags and go down the road if you got to. Okay, you're not going to be able to be everywhere. And we need to stop this foolishness. I'm so glad God bust up all this mess. And we just don't know how to roll with the punches. Okay, so. What should define our leadership? Not how many people are following us. Not how, how, how many offerings we take up. Not how many open doors we have. You know what defines your leadership leader? Your ability to serve. That is what defines your leadership. Can you serve? Will you serve? 
or do you have to be at the table? Or do you feel like the best place for you is with an apron around your waist, plates in your hand, a rag in the other, and you can clean the table and you can serve God's people. The greatest joy should come from you serving and not trying to control. Amen. And so I just pray that today I need to wind down on this, but I just pray that this word has helped somebody, that it has blessed somebody, that it has challenged somebody. I hope that it made somebody mad. And I hope that it makes you bust up a foundation that you have been sitting on and sitting under to try to control God's people. Because guess what? It's all busted up now. It's all busted up now. So what are you going to do about it? Are you going to still try to gather people in a building or are you going to be the church? Are you going to equip them to do what God has called them to do? Or are you going to try to just gather everybody to yourself? Those days are over. You have no, you have no choice but to pivot right here. So let's get back to biblical ministry where you go before others. Prepare the way for somebody else. Get your apron, apostle. Get your apron, bishop. Go, go get a broom. We tell people that, you know, in church, you're not ready to be a leader till you can clean the bathroom. I want to send the apostles back in the bathroom to clean the toilets. Oh, they ain't ready. <laughs> Let's send the apostles and the bishops and the pastors back out there to mow the lawn and to sweep the floors. And let's see how anointed we are out there in the heat, pushing the mower, cleaning the toilet. Come on here, somebody. That's where we got to go. Let he that is among you be servant. He that is the greatest among you, let him be servant of all. Servant of all. You're God's errand boy. That's all you are. Get mad at me. Talk about me. I'm not taking it back because I booked it. And if you don't like it, you have to rip it out. But when you pick up another Bible, it's going to be there. No matter the translation, it's still going to be there. This is God's will for us. This is his will for us that we serve. And when you can serve, you can serve anywhere. You can serve anywhere. It doesn't matter to you if the church never, if the building never opens up again, you'll be able to serve. I thank God for you all. Thank you for joining us tonight. We will be back again next Tuesday by God's grace. Listen, those of you that have the Roku on your television, if you have a Roku TV, guess what? We're on Roku. You can look up the uh, Oasis uh, television network. We are on, and actually we're on live right now on the Roku Network. And so we want to thank God for our listeners and watchers and viewers, those that have been contacting us down in Houston, Texas. We thank God for you that are watching. Amen. If you haven't found us yet, go to Roku, add our channel to your channel list, the, the Oasis Television Network. Hallelujah. Amen. And listen, pastors, leaders, uh, if you are interested in being able to get the message of Jesus Christ out and you want to be able to broadcast, I need you to contact me. We're not going to let Facebook control the algorithms and, and keep this message from reaching people. Amen. So if we want to be able to do that, 
please contact me so that we can get this word out so we can preach the gospel to every nation and every creature that we possibly can. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for those that are viewing and watching and listening. We pray now, God, that you would cause this word that they have heard to be a challenge to them, that they would be the church, that they would bust up the foundation that's there and put Jesus as the chief cornerstone in the name of Jesus. We ask you to forgive us for everything that we have put before you, all of our idols, all of our favorite preachers, all of our favorite ministries. God, we ask you, Lord, that we would worship nothing and no one but you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for doing our hearts. We thank you for putting us back on point. We thank you for giving us the example in your word of biblical ministry. Help us to follow it. Help us to do what you've called us to do because this is your will. Hallelujah. We thank you that your word is not bound. It's not bound by the house. It's not bound by the government. It's not bound by demonic interest. Entities because the word of God is not bound. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Bless your people. Encourage them, strengthen them. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. We thank God for you. We put the information on the screen already. If you guys desire to sow, you can. We thank God for all of your gifts, all of your seeds. The Lord bless you. Amen. Is our prayer. Don't forget to continue to sow into the local ministries to keep, amen, the ministries going, whether it's through the radio network, the television network, or whatever it is. This is not going to always be there. This, what we're dealing with, is not going to always be here. But I want us to have a good definition of what it looks like to be a biblical ministry so that we can fulfill our assignment and not be stuck because of whatever we are facing or whatever is going on. The Lord bless you and keep you. That's my prayer for you. Until next Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll see you then. God bless.
From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. As a roofer, you need accurate roof measurements and you need them fast. GAF Quick Measure gives you single-family residence roof measurements in less than an hour. Learn more and order your first report today at GAF.com slash Quick Measure.